0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back into the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Tom, we're back to recap a game one, a game one that I really hope you didn't listen to me and you won a little bit of capital on, by the way.
1: I I stuck to my guns and I stayed away, but I'm glad I had some conviction behind my pick. Uh, I might be back to uh, having my fingers on the pulse, ladies and gentlemen, because that game went exactly as I described.
0: Yeah, it did. Uh, We're gonna get into the nuts and bolts of this game, but I just want to tell you right now, I'm I'm really happy you didn't listen to me because I did feel like nine's a lot. It's game one. Miami can hang tight, and I did think they were gonna they got it within ten, I think once. But overall, it was smooth sailing for you.
1: Yeah, no, I mean Miami didn't help themselves out with their shooting percentage, but Denver, I will admit, they looked a little rusty until they shook it off, which leads me to believe that that might have been, outside of the one loss that I think they're going to have, where every I think it's so hard to sweep teams nowadays, I think they're going to lay an egg once, maybe. Outside of that, I, I think that they're going to be firing on all cylinders, and this may be their worst win.
0: Yeah, they did have some lapses defensively, and if Miami could have made anything Prior to the fourth quarter, that game could have been a little bit different. But to me, that's the story of this game, in addition to how Denver came out of the gate. I mean, they were feeding Aaron Gordon in those mismatches down low in the post against fucking Struess and Vincent. And he was having his way with him. I think he had twelve points in the first quarter being ultra aggressive. Yeah, mostly
1: around was, the rim too.
0: Exactly. Yeah, he wasn't having to shoot at all. And and of course Jokic was making perfect entry passes to him. And Murray, you know, it was just you you got the sense very early on he was gonna have a big time night.
1: And see, that's the problem. It's like, oh, you think it's gonna be, you think it's gonna be Stockton and Malone, and um, you know, at the beginning of the game. Well, here's Aaron Gordon for a twelve spot in the first quarter, and and that's just Denver for you. Next game on what is it Sunday night? I think he told me it was Sunday night. Yep. Wow, that's a big gap. But regardless, uh, it's Sunday night. It could be the fucking, Catavius Caldwell Pope show in the first quarter for all you know. There's just so many weapons on this team, and Jokic does a good job of finding them.
0: Yeah, Jokic and Murray combined for 53 points in this game, and it was mostly Murray. But, of course, Jokic, I mean, he literally contributes to every single offensive point scored in this game for Denver. And it really is amazing when you look at him. He sees things that... Nobody else sees. And I know for us, it's so obvious because we've been watching him this whole season and for several years now. Two-time MVP, should have won his third this year. But I think for the general public, that was like, let me just turn into this game and see what the big thing is about. I mean, he really, I mean, he's a basketball lover's wet dream. He's There's a no other way to say it. He's a genius.
1: Yeah. Guy. And you know what? I know that the uh, Russell Westbrook kind of ruined the triple-double just because, but I think we need to, and I may set up a petition, that we need to categorize triple-doubles. And one category should be the, I'll I'll double title it, the Magic Johnson slash LeBron James triple-double, and then the other one will be the Russell Westbrook triple-double. And I don't think I need to go into too much detail on the difference there. If you know, you know. (laughs) And I think this was a Magic Johnson-LeBron James triple-double.
0: Hey, let's throw Jason Kidd in there as well, because mm-hmm. Jason Kidd was the man he tied with to have a triple-double in his first ever finals game. Um, yeah, you know, I think J- most Those triple-doubles... I was just going to make the point real fast. Those triple-doubles, they're not hollow, man. I mean, they're winning plays every single time.
1: Yeah, Jokic is not pulling a, a Russell Westbrook where he's ripping a rebound out of the hands of Stephen Adams to get a triple-double here.
0: Off his own brick.
1: Yeah, or passing up a, a five-footer to kick it out for three and then, you know, stink eyeing whoever misses it because he's at eight assists and he needs two more with five minutes in the fourth quarter. We'll name that you know what we'll name that? We'll name that the Russell Westbrook Wilt Chamberlain triple double. That's what we'll name that. <laughs> uh,
0: throwing it back for historical context. I like it. I think we should change a few things for the petitions. We talked about it last night. No big man can be the best player on a championship team. That was true in 2017, which is also when Russell Westbrook won MVP. So let's just say this is uh, not a 2017 NBA era anymore.
1: No, not at all. The game's changing. Um, It's getting a little more inside for the better. Um, But, you know, and and the big man it was, it was bound to come back just because with the three point shot and Steph Curry change and everything, there's just so much more room to move around there. Eventually I'm not saying somebody like Jokic, but somebody was going to figure out how to operate inside the paint.
0: Yeah. And outside the paint and shoot and wow. stretch the floor. That's why, why I, just, I said,
1: yeah. that's why I said but nobody's like too. Jokic,
0: you know, and and I know Giannis isn't a traditional center, um, but he's, he, I would say he's a big man, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he probably was the first to be like, "Yeah, he can be the best team on, best player on the championship team again."
1: Yeah, honestly, I think I think Giannis's best comparison of any player, and it still doesn't fit him, is Orlando Magic Shack. Yeah, I mean, can run the and He's a better shooter. He's still not a good shooter, but he's a better shooter than Shack. But can pass, can run, can jump can do it all and, and that's kind of what Jokic reminds me of just has the ball in his hands in different spots so you can't really call him a true center but at this point with Jokic and Giannis and Embiid and Davis what is a true center?
0: Nothing because the, like you said the game's changed.
1: Mhm. And you know people hate it but basketball has veered more towards positionless.
0: Yeah, that's why the all NBA team is is going to be a really difficult conversation in the next it already is now i'm glad i don't have to vote on that because i'd have a really hard couple time years. deciding yeah in a couple of years well we'll the sorry the sorry sports podcast we'll have a we'll have our own wing of placing votes and and naming these all nba teams but yeah man it's really fucking hard to do i mean guards are also sometimes forwards forwards are guards it's it's really tough
1: absolutely i i mean if i wanted to i could go down the list and ask you what position they play and I feel like 50% of the time, you and I would both be wrong on what their position is listed as and what position they play. Like yeah, Paul George. I
0: would probably disagree amongst each other. Yeah,
1: sometimes. Paul George. What position is he? I think he's listed as a two guard, but he's really a three.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, small forward.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. Um. But yeah, back into the game. Denver did look a little rusty in certain aspects, but I just think, you know, how many they had, I I feel like it was, what, game four or game five of the Heat Celtics series when they finished up their series? They had three more games, the Heat.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So I, I just, I don't see any way that the Heat can, because you know what the other point is? Is I know that the Heat, everybody's saying, oh, they didn't shoot well, whatever, but that was the Heat all season. They're kind of regressing to the mean. They were on a heater for the first couple of rounds. They they did not shoot like that in the regular season.
0: That's a really great point. And,
1: um, They're and, the worst three-point shooting team, I think, in the league.
0: We talked about it all season long, man. We, struck, we wondered how they even scored 85 points in certain games. Um, but you're right. I mean, in the playoffs, uh, something changed and they became – really, really formidable from three. And I I really believe that when you look at this team, you know, they need to – a lot of these guys need to make their first couple shots to get hot. And Martin obviously was ice cold. Vincent didn't start off great. Uh, Strews was basically unplayable because of the size uh, that Denver was throwing at him. And they really didn't start knocking down threes until the fourth quarter with Lowry. I mean, I think Martin hit his first three in the fourth quarter. Tom, they shot – uh, 33.3% from three, which is really tri- terrible considering they shot 39 of them. I mean, Denver wasn't much better. Well, you they know what their percentage was
1: for the year off the top of my head? 34. So you so can you call go. it terrible, and I'm going to agree with you because it was the worst in the NBA, but that is their average over a very large sample size.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. But to me, the, very, the biggest glaring issue for me, and it was very Celtics-esque, not getting to the free throw line they shot two free throws the entire game I put that shit they on jimmy possible points that they could have gotten at the free throw line they just were settling for jumpers the entire game they were not getting inside and, and i'm gonna put this on butler he was not exactly. aggressive
1: at all that's what i just said i put that on yeah. jimmy because you know the rest of these guys feed off of him and if he's not going to the line then nobody's going to the line
0: Absolutely not. No, I mean, he, he was passive from the get-go in this game.
1: Yeah, he had in the for, in the first quarter, he got off to a decent start at the very beginning. He had his first two shots, including a contested three, which really isn't his game. And I was like, up oh, here we go. This might be a close one. Maybe Sean's right. If they're going to go back and forth, maybe the Heat come away with it at the end of the game. But then after after, I don't know, three minutes into the first quarter, he just lost it.
0: He was minus 17 in this game, man.
1: Yeah, bad effort and the heat did not listen to this podcast clearly or my game plan. I don't really blame them cuz we did put it out I think like a minute before, before the game the started off. or something. <laughs> but um I mean they didn't listen to me at all. Hopefully they listen from here on out. They didn't muck it up. They didn't they didn't do shit.
0: No, it was pretty easy uh for Denver to pretty do it. what
1: are we doing running that zone out there, Spo?
0: I think they were just searching for answers, man. Now, granted, they did throw the zone out there more so in the non-Jokic minutes. Um, So I will give them a little credit for that. But when Jokic was playing, they just – I mean, and I want to give Bam a shout-out. He was amazing in this game. He had 26. He was banging with Jokic down low. Um, He was – you know, he really had a great game. He played 40 minutes. Like I said, scored 26. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for
1: him is he stayed out of foul trouble too. Kudos to him.
0: Yeah, he was ultra aggressive in this game, and maybe that was part of the game plan. Maybe Butler was like, "Hey, you know, we need we need you to be assertive because he struggled in that Boston series." But you can't have that at the at the fault of, or rather, at the expense of Butler. You know, you just can't yeah, do no,
1: it. you need them both. I mean, they both have to. They basically they both have to average in order to win this series, which I think it's all but over. They would, I think, they had to take this game to have any chance they both got to average probably 25 to 28 points a game between the two of them. And then every game you need to sprinkle in a, another 25 points from somebody else there.
0: Yeah, and again, you're going to need a Celtics kind of performance from a Caleb Martin, or you're going to need a game 22-23. Yeah, exactly. you know, and that to still me, Struc- might,
1: be enough, might not be enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, Struz played 21 minutes in this game. He was basically unplayable because he didn't make – a single shot or score a single point. It was well, minus now,
1: twelve. Now the question comes about, my friend, of it, you know, do we do we start ramping up the Tyler Hero rehab practice here in these next couple of games? Because are we are we just that out on streus? Well,
0: we're already in the headlines today that he's pushing to be available for game two. So
1: yeah, we'll see. I mean, if Struess isn't going to make any shots, I'm I'm feeling even with a bad hand. I'm feeling better about Hero. He can do so much more on the floor.
0: What did you think of the Heat? Not really. Excuse me. Not really using the size of Zeller. I mean, he only played eight minutes, and Kevin Love didn't play.
1: I would have liked to have seen Love out there because you can pull Jokic away from the basket and you can kind of make him work a little bit more on defense, move around on switches and whatnot. Just because Love tends to play from the corners, not to mention he can give him a couple of fucking good jabs in the ribs the way he rebounds. But Zeller, for me, it's just like the guy's so slow, and I, I just I think Jokic would have embarrassed him.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Maybe he's I, more I would... of
1: a favor to Zeller.
0: I know we kind of speculate. It's like, oh, can they throw some size at Jokic? But I'm sure Spolster was like, it's just not going to matter. He's too slow. And Jokic is surprisingly fast. Like if you don't watch him all the time, like his conditioning is incredible, but he's, he's yeah. very
1: quick. Well, that's the thing. He's, he's, he's fast for his game. Cause he's just herky jerky. He lulls you to sleep and he's fucking seven feet, a true seven feet.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, you know who gave them really good minutes last night was Highsmith. He finished with 18, knocked down some threes. I know a lot of them came in garbage time when it was pretty much over, but he's a good player. I look for him to be a little bit more active in game two.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe we nix Duncan Robinson's minutes a little bit just because Highsmith is a guy who can give you a lot more. If Robinson's cold as well, he can play better defense and put the ball on the deck a little bit more, maybe draw a foul.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, Lowry got – you know, twenty six minutes of run, had eleven points. I thought that they were actually pretty good, uh, twenty six minutes. I felt they like they were actually
1: the Larry doing some, game here.
0: Yeah, they were doing some shit when he was out there and he was really pushing the pace. Um when he wasn't in there, you know, they were really really methodical and really slow and let Denver get into their sets.
1: Yeah. I, like I said, I think they burned it. I don't know how many more of those more of those games he has in him.
0: I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird with him. He could score zero or he could score 20. It's I feel like there's not much in between there.
1: Yep. No, no, I agree. So uh, game plan for the Nuggets is just shake off the rust and, and clean things up a little bit defensively. And then for the Heat, I, I'm just going to revert back to what I said for my game one game plan, run it back for game two. They didn't listen to me. So, And clearly what they were trying didn't work, so do it again. Do it again. Get
0: to the fucking free throw line, Miami.
1: Slow the game down. Get to the fucking line and muck things up on the other side. That's the only way you're going to win this series.
0: That's the only way you're going to win the series. And at this point, it might be the only way you win a single game. Yeah, Uh, because you
1: might still – you're still not going to win the series. Uh, I really
0: liked your point about them them regressing to the means shooting-wise because I think – we were all caught off guard because of how well they shot in the postseason as to how terrible they were yesterday. But you're right. This is what they were pretty much all Mm -hmm. season long up until late April.
1: Yeah, the, um, the chariot finally turned into a pumpkin and the Cinderella run might be over. Um, and I think Denver is just too good for them because you know what? If the Heat played the way they did in game one, they would have. I don't give a fuck if Giannis got hurt. They would have lost in round one to Milwaukee, and the Celtics probably watched that game and were pissed as hell, as well as the Knicks.
0: Oh, there's no question about it. Um, I want to talk about Murray's and Porter's minutes uh, and the impact that they had in this game from the Denver side. So Murray obviously pours in 26 points. I felt like he was making every shot that he, he wanted. and Such Jokic an efficient
1: was being, 26 points.
0: Yeah, and Jokic was being super like passive to him and not in a bad way like Butler was with Bam in a very much way of like, they can't stop you right now, bro. Take over.
1: Yep. No, no doubt about I'll it. I'll get
0: you the ball in your spots and, and you just cook.
1: Yeah, and and I just think this Denver team is so overlooked by the national media because you go back to the bubble when him and Murray were going head-to-head and they were solidifying themselves as you know two of the top two guards in the league alongside Devin Booker, and then Murray got hurt. And he hasn't been himself for a year and a half, two years, and I, I just think this is a – I'll call it a re-coming-out party for the general public. And reminding like, everybody how good he is.
0: It's a me to reintroduce myself moment.
1: Exactly. Well put. Thank um, you. You know, I'm doing some Slim Shady references recently. You had to, you had to throw some to in there. A yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the goat. Um, um, the- yeah, I, I just think people, not people forget, but just people, it's quiet up there in Denver, and unless you're really watching basketball, I don't think everybody realizes how fucking good you um, Jamal Murray is like he's truly in a few years, if he doesn't get hurt and stays healthy, he's going to be a first and second team, all NBA candidate every year.
0: Well, let's also be honest. Denver doesn't have the history uh, that other teams do. And I'm sure, no, you know, but, people, but, are...
1: but you mentioned neither did golden state and look at him now. And, and we could be looking at the next era here. I mean, yeah, but,
0: but dude, we're, it's so hard to go back to 2015 because that was several years before we even started the pod. People were not talking. People were talking about Golden State the way they're talking about Denver now. That's what I'm uh, saying.
1: Yeah, That's exactly yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Is is right. you know we could be talking about Denver the way we we're looking at Golden State in a few years. The way they built this thing.
0: There's no question about it. And when you have as telegenic and as incredible of a player and character as Jokic, I mean, you can get anybody who doesn't even give a shit about basketball. It's like, hey, watch this guy for five straight minutes, and be like, and you can get a non-basketball fan completely entranced.
1: Yeah, the only thing and we could talk about this way more in the off season because, you know, this is just a quick recap pod. But the only thing that I think can hold Denver back from being a having a Golden State um, mini dynasty run is this new CBA. It's just like there's no Kevin Durant coming down the pike for them. And there's no, you know, maybe they're not going to be able to hold on to all their big players either.
0: They also don't have the ownership group like a Joe Lacob who – and you're not in Silicon Valley.
1: Well, I mean, let's not shit on their ownership group, but you know who owns that team. It's the Cronkies.
0: I'm well aware, but it's not – they're not positioned in the Bay Area. Of no, California. that's the problem. about to build a brand-new arena in downtown San Francisco
1: i don't know denver's pretty denver's pretty lit denver's i mean great, man. I, hearken, I, I i i comp denver to austin denver could have been a, a sean rowe destination if it wasn't austin
0: Den, my cousin went to denver from maine she loves it out there um i still want to visit denver i very much would like to but yeah denver and austin are like two of the hottest cities
1: two peas in um, a pod
0: right yeah they have been really since like 2020 20 Denver austin
1: and white plains new york right What's that? I said Denver Austin, White Plains, New York, right? Of course. 100%. <laughs> 100%. <White Plains. laughs> I had a big big tiff with them as we discussed before the pod. Yeah,
0: yeah you were you were going off on Westchester and, and rightfully so. Um especially dealing with that airport. But um I will say this too about Denver in this game is Michael Porter Junior. He had fourteen. He got off to a an okay starting, knocked down two threes. He went two of eleven from three. He shot a little too many for my liking, but he was aggressive. And some of those threes didn't really matter because they were winning by so much. But his defense has really gotten so. I was going to
1: say he didn't I shoot love
0: well, but that he let's he, give him he had a big. Yeah, he had a big-time block. uh, I forget against – I think it was against Bam. um, Or no, it was against Butler in the second quarter. uh, Pushed up against the glass. But he's made a real commitment to become a very, very high-end defensive player. And with his size and physicality, he fucking should be. And then you got, obviously, my former boy, Bruce Brown, who's an irritant and now can shoot threes. I mean, this team really is long and athletic. And if they have buy-in from those guys – from all of those pieces, I mean, they really turn their game up a notch because you obviously know what Jokic is going to give you.
1: Yeah, the only thing is I'm looking at all these guys like your Bruce Browns and your your Porter Juniors, your Caldwell Popes, and I'm just sitting there. I can't help but think, God damn, it's going to be really tough to hold on to all these guys, and they're just not going to be able to do it. That's the only thing holding me back from saying that they could be a possible mini-dynasty.
0: Well, if they hold on to their core guys, they will, because even Golden State had... You know, some ancillary pieces move in and out um, and replace them. I think Iguadala was probably the the one outside of Draymond Clay and Steph that stayed and contributed. But they had a bunch of other guys. I remember Andrew Bogut was on that first team. Spencer, uh, Dan,
1: Not Spencer Dinwiddie, the other one. No,
0: Sean Livingston.
1: Yeah, the other guy that re- revitalized his career with the Nets and then left.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've had a lot of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh now bruce brown it's real True. fun
1: well yeah he just him and him and Dinwiddie just catapulted their careers there they and did says, see you later
0: yeah well it happens but in any event i i think that they obviously they're going to be an attraction they're going to be a team players want to go play for the one thing that the cba is going to allow for is that middle market kind of like the, the real working man's market there those mid-tier free agents they're not going to be able to get paid the kind of money that the new cba would allow them to get so they're going to go hitch their wagon and and play with a lot of players that and stars that they would want to go win with Jokic and murray as a duo is going to be amongst the top of that
1: list very good point and i've got another duo for you if we're done talking about that because i do think the nuggets are all right game two real quick before we move on i had a sweet segue there but Regardless, who wins game two? Denver. Yep. I think Miami might take game three at home, but Denver's winning game two. But my segue was two other players that people might want to go play with, and a new head coach is in Phoenix with (laughs) with Durant and Devin Booker, and they just hired Frank Vogel. I I love that hire.
0: I love it, too. Yeah, you broke the news to me over text today. Look Um, at
1: me. I love that.
0: Yeah, you were my you were my woe's bomb right there. It was great. Because um, sometimes having to go to Twitter to pain in the ass, I'd rather just get a text. So good job by you while dealing with all the bullshit you were today. Um, true <laughs> that was profession- in between. Yeah, you're a true professional. Um, But, yeah, I think it's a great hire. Obviously, we said on the pod yesterday it was going to be Kevin Young, and then it's not Kevin Young. So, uh, we also missed yesterday that Toronto is the only other team with a coaching vacancy. So, uh, we're waiting to see which direction they go. Well, that
1: makes sense because they fired Nurse.
0: (laughs) Yeah, they've been rumored for Steve Nash, amazingly enough. Hmm. Um, So, we'll see if they go in that direction. But, yeah, Frank, he is a Canadian. Frank Vogel to um, Phoenix makes a lot of sense. I'm sure he's going to bring. some good assistance with him. There's rumors that Phil Handy, who was a former uh, assistant with the Nets, then went to the Lakers when Vogel was there, could, could be on his way to the desert. And obviously KD okayed this because there's no way they're going to hire somebody without KD's blessing.
1: Yeah, I think he's good with that, and it's a smart move. He's going to tighten things up defensively and just kind of do what he did with LeBron and let those guys cook. He's not really going to be a hound on offense.
0: Really a shame. I think he gets kind of like lumped into that whole like Doc Rivers overrated kind of coach. I mean, what the fuck was he supposed to do with that Russell Westbrook team?
1: Now, yeah, that's that's not fair. There's so much more of a body of work and so much more of a history with Doc Rivers. I mean, what what did Vogel do? He he coached Indiana. They were never going to go past. where? Did, what did they get? Did they get all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Heat?
0: Yes, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals. So they hit their ceiling. I think think he did a
1: great job there. Then he goes to Orlando. That's a fucking shit show. So I can't really fault him for that. And then he heads over to the Lakers, and LeBron's in control there. Not to mention, like you said, dealing with Russell Westbrook. I mean, yeah, he got them a title in the bubble
0: in rough circumstances. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't, I would not comp him the doc at all. Not yet. He needs another. I'll give him, give him another. If he loses every year in a choking fashion in the playoffs for fifteen years straight, then I'll accept any doc, any doc comparisons.
0: If he starts going on a run where he has a three-two series lead and loses or loses Game 7s left and right, uh, then, yeah, we can have that conversation. But I think Vogel's an excellent coach and a steadying presence, and obviously he knows what the hell he's doing, bringing a couple good assistants there, and, and Phoenix is in good shape. Again, I just, I'm just i fascinated to see how they're going to reconfigure the roster around them because Chris, an old Chris Paul and a kind of enigmatic DeAndre Ayton is not necessarily the perfect recipe to put around a KD and Booker duo.
1: I'll tell you what I think. I think Chris Paul's gone. Yep, unfortunately, because I, I, I really wanted to see him win a title. So you get your, you get to put your win. You get yeah, to, we'll
0: see where they send him. We'll see where they send him.
1: I don't think he's gonna go anywhere worth winning. So I think you're very close to being able to put a check in your in permanent marker in your Chris Paul box for your overrated argument. Um, and, well,
0: that's been there for a long time. Nothing I know. Can change that.
1: Even if he got a title, it wouldn't change it. But. I just want to see him get – that's the last guy basically from my childhood that I really want to see get a ring, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But I think they're going to – listen, they're not going to get equal value for Aiton, and they've already signed him to a contract. So I think that they're going to make nice with him, with Vogel, and he might be reinvigorated.
0: I think that's probably right. Um, Yeah, I – Vogel probably took that job knowing. Listen, part of this part of this gig is you got to you got to figure it out with this guy. a former number one overall pick. We're two years removed from the twenty twenty one postseason and first couple games of that finals where he was fucking awesome.
1: I'll tell you what, I got a good feeling that I don't think he's going to be all defense or anything like that. But if there was a FanDuel prop where you know you could basically vote yes or no, will he be a good defender? I would hammer that yes. I think he's going to be incredible defensively
0: yeah I'm sure you know Katie and Booker don't really i don't I hate saying they don't need coaching because coaching obviously does matter uh, we've seen it so many times in the playoffs that it does
1: but you need a coach to keep the team together though clearly yeah and you need
0: a coach you need a coach to get more out of the other guys and clearly Monty Williams's his relationships were very strained with the other very important players on their team
1: no doubt about it uh so yeah I am looking forward to Phoenix, and i I would expect their odds to win a title to go up. Um, all right, you got anything else?
0: Nah, man. Just looking forward to the weekend. It's hot as fuck down here. Got to decide, see what's on the docket for the weekend. What about you?
1: Playing a little golf. It's hot as fuck today here. We are in like we were like 90. We hit 90 today, but Ooh. it's supposed to drop down. There's going to be a thunderstorm tonight, and it's going to drop down to the 70s, so it'll be a nice, perfect temperature pleasant. weekend.
0: That sounds very pleasant. Hey,
1: nobody told you to move to Austin. We miss you up here if you want to come back up.
0: Hey, I'm not complaining about the heat. I'm just stating the facts. It's hard to be outside for an extended period of time when it's 95 to 100.
1: Oh, I hear you. Well, maybe, uh, I don't know.
0: I'm happy here. Go Go catch a movie.
1: I'm glad you're happy. I'm happy that you're happy. (laughs) Have
0: you seen the uh, Gardens of the Galaxy yet?
1: No, I don't watch that shit.
0: I don't watch it either, but I wasn't sure because it's like everybody's talking about. Um, I've heard. You know what I want to watch? I want to watch Air. Maybe I'll watch that this weekend. Yeah, sit down on
1: the couch. You don't have to go to the movies and deal with that bullshit. You can watch it by yourself. It's
0: free on Prime. There you go. So maybe I'll do that. You know I'm not gonna do a show, so
1: well, yeah, well, maybe maybe you watch air and we get a little review out of you, Michaela said she wanted to watch it with me. I'm gonna double check that she's asleep in the other room getting ready for work <laughs> if she if she does if she says no you you can watch it by yourself, maybe I'll watch it tonight
0: all right, there you go,
1: so that'll be good. We'll get a review from you on uh I don't know. We'll decide when we're doing our next podcast.
0: It'll probably be Monday, I mean. Unless we want to do a late night one after game, Eh. after game two, we'll probably do Monday. We'll probably do Monday with the rundown.
1: Yeah, exactly. We'll roll it into the rundown. We'll have to check on. Got to check on the memorial. See how everybody's playing. I'm
0: definitely gonna be checking in on the memorial this weekend. Yeah, I want to smoke you for the second straight week. Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't know. Are you? How are you doing?
0: I haven't checked yet. I don't usually check until Saturday. Saturday is the first day I check into
1: my league. It makes life easier when you can see if you're fucked by somebody cutting, getting cut. Well, Cantley's exactly. in third place, but we both had Cantley, right?
0: Yeah, so we cancel each other out there.
1: Mark Hubbard up there. Hey. You know he's the brother of... Uh, Nathan. Yes. Rory's up there in fifth place. Just going to run down the leaderboard quick. Harris English, of course. I had him written down and cross him out. He's fucking 15th. Uh, Rom, 15th. Who else did you have? Terrell Hatton, 15th. He was one of your guys. Shoffley has made his way back. Oh, Shoffley had a fucking day because he was plus four. He went minus six today. Thank God. (laughs) Thank fucking God. Where's, where's Max? I don't think, did either of us take Max?
0: Uh, no, I did not. Here, I'll pull it up right now. I had...
1: I Mine's I in my closet. I threw that book yeah, in the closet.
0: This was the one I didn't write down, so never mind. I don't have it.
1: Perfect. Max is in Max is in ninth. So I think we're looking good. Uh, I'm
0: looking for Max at the U.S. Open at L.A. Country Club.
1: Well, That's and almost out west. another, you know, he won the Genesis last year and another almost major win would be huge here. And then, then you know what, take the week off and, and get ready for LACC.
0: No doubt about it, man.
1: And by the way, there's there's a couple of big tournaments, obviously, over here in New York. I'd love to have you fly out for one of them. I mean, we've got Ryder Cup and 24 at Bethpage. There's another U.S. Open coming to Shinnecock soon. And, and there's plenty more that I that I don't even remember. So we may have to fly you out here for one of them. Get some boots All on the right. ground, you and I.
0: That would be great. That would be a fun ass weekend.
1: Yeah, I just hear golf. I've never been, but I hear golf tournaments are like the sporting event to go to as long as the weather's good.
0: Yeah, and there's got to be the perfect circumstances too, right? Like the waste management would be dope, but it's 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 pretty hot out there in the desert, so you know you got to keep that in mind. I mean, even the Dell Match Play down here. I mean, I know that's going away, so I guess that point is moot. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would definitely, I would definitely want to catch, especially a major. Fucking get me out there. And the Ryder Cup, I heard, is a fucking
1: party. Well, yeah, the Ryder Cup is pretty much uh, the the waste management. Yeah. So it would be, and it's right here. It's right out at Bethpage.
0: There's a lot of great golf courses in New York.
1: Oh, it's like the top three golf course states are like, it's. I think New Jersey's the number one. Might be the number two is. California, number three is New York. I don't know. That top three is always interchanging, but there is. It's fucking... But the problem with that is... Uh, I'll go on a small tangent here. The problem with that is, is that is that... Everybody, every golf course thinks that they're a good golf course around here and they charge out the ass and they overbook it and it's just fucking <laughs> ridiculous. And then you go down south and you're like, and we're, and you know, you're comparing courses and it's like, this course is as nice here as this course in New York. And that course co- in New York costs $150 for a round and the course here costs 50. Right. Yeah. You know.
0: Well, that's New York for you.
1: Yeah. I know, man. I love it. I love telling you know. It's very prideful to tell people you're from here, working of in Manhattan, the real city. Don't ever, don't ever tell me you're going into the city unless you're going into Manhattan. Whoever says that, I, I think we said it on the pod before. But you
0: know, I'm, no, you say if you're going into the if you're going into the Bronx, you're going into the Bronx.
1: No, but my, my thing is, my thing is like. From people from Boston. Oh, we're going, you know, my my fiancé's sister lives in Boston. Oh, we're going into the city tonight. And then I just get on the phone. I'm like, oh, you're going to New York tonight? You guys are taking the trip down to New York? Because don't ever fucking call Boston the city again. Or Chicago.
0: Yeah, I thought you were talking more about just, like, the boroughs of New York.
1: No, the boroughs of the boroughs. Well-respected, even though some of them are dumps. Well-respected.
0: Staten Island.
1: Yeah, Staten Island is... We... we should, honestly, my hot take is we should offer New Jersey a trade because they're close together. We should trade Hoboken, Hoboken for Staten Island.
0: Fuck yeah. Hoboken's nice, man.
1: It is. It's awesome. Um, cool. But, yeah, that's that's all I have. I don't know if you got anything else.
0: No, nah, I got nothing else. Let's settle into the weekend. You get some fucking good rounds of golf in you. I'd like We got to do a recap of that. And uh, we'll be back for Monday rundown and game two analysis.
1: Yes, we will, and I'll let you how let you know how my new wedges play this weekend if I'm getting enough. Yeah, that'd be spin.
0: nice. We need we need your little golf corner in here too. Yeah, well, I here suck. Here
1: you break it down, baby. Come on. I just want everybody to know that I suck, but we're <laughs> on the path to getting better. All right, man. Well, everybody, enjoy the weekend, and uh, I guess we'll be talking to everybody on Monday night. Sean, you have fun, stay safe, and uh, stay cool out there.
0: Yeah, you too, buddy. Be good. Yes.